Pastor Doug here from Crossroads. It's great to be with you. I hope that today's message will draw you closer to Jesus. Crossroads, good to be with you today. Uh, We are on our second week, and we're talking about character counts, this whole idea of building character, uh, spiritual formation in us. And and it's so incredibly important. We're asking part of that question is why? Why does character count? Why is it so important? Why is it something that God wants to develop in your life and in my life? Why does the character of somebody that we follow or give our time to, why does that count? Why does that matter? Billy Graham has this to say about character. He says, true greatness is not measured by the headlines a person commands or the wealth he or she accumulates. The inner character of a person the undergirding moral and spiritual values and commitments. Now that's the true measure of lasting greatness. There's an automatic tension there, isn't there? Because how the world defines greatness and how God defines greatness, I mean, sometimes they're polar opposites. Uh, they often uh, view it in incredibly different ways. God's standards and the world's standards are dramatically different. So character development is an essential part of the spiritual life. It's part of growing as a disciple. It's something that can happen naturally, but it takes our cooperation. It's natural. But we partner with the Holy Spirit throughout the process. There's a bit of intentionality on our part with it, isn't there? Character development. It's both a partnership and it's a choice. It's a partnership with the Holy Spirit. You can't do the work in yourself. You can't like form character in yourself. It's something the Holy Spirit does within us when we make a choice to partner with him, when we yield to his way and his desire in our life. Partnering such a way that you and I are formed and developed and grown in character that we better reflect Jesus as we grow and as we mature in him. And just let me remind you of the end goal in all of this again to make sure you, you don't mess this up. The end goal is not to be perfect people, and we certainly don't want to be people who pretend to be perfect. The end goal in all of this is that you and I, we can deal honestly with ourselves. And if all of our junk, all of our shortcomings, all of our sins, we can deal honestly with that. And as we deal honestly with those things and we partner with the Holy Spirit, character is formed in us. Mentor of mine, a preaching professor, he always said, Doug, you know, the goal in taking people to the Bible is to hold it up like a mirror. Allow people to see themselves and what God has to say throughout Scripture. And as we do that, As God reveals himself to us in those ways, sometimes we see some things in the mirror that we just know don't accurately reflect Jesus. We find things in the mirror that, you know, God would love to transform and change in us. And we have options, don't we? To choose to partner with the Holy Spirit and allow that change to happen or to fight and hold our ground. I mean, what are some things that God would love to change in you? Maybe you deal with some anger issues. Maybe there's Fear that just seems to overwhelm and cripple you at times. Maybe it's forgiveness, man. You just can't receive it or you just can't give forgiveness. There's a list of things that just go on and on. There's things that God would love to change in us. 
And throughout the series, we're asking the questions, well, what does it look like? What does it really look like for character to be formed in us? How does God go about that process? And two weeks ago, we started by looking at Ephesians chapter 4. We're going to pick right back up there today because one of the things that we saw in building character is it begins with new thinking. I mean, to really change, new thinking has to occur. We change the way that we think. The Holy Spirit loves to change the way we think. We take all of our thoughts captives. The things that you hear, the things that you read, the things that other people say, you just don't accept them for what they are. You take them captive and you bring them forward in the light of Scripture and you evaluate them like that. And the Holy Spirit loves to do this new thinking in us. Ephesians chapter 4, it reads like this. It says, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Simply let the Holy Spirit change your way of thinking. It's a huge foundational part of building character in you, of the Holy Spirit developing character in you. Now, whenever I'm doing life on my own, and I'm going my way, and I'm living life for what I think is best, what I think is right, what I want, or whenever I'm living by the world standards, what the world thinks, what the world says, what, what the world says I should be, I am making no room for new thinking, am I? I am simply going by what I think, or I'm going by what the world thinks. There's no room in my life for new thinking. There's no partnership with the Holy Spirit. There's no change in my thoughts and my attitudes. So it's foundational that we allow space and room. We take our thoughts captive and we bring them before the Holy Spirit and allow him to bring new thinking into our life. And the second thing that we saw in Ephesians chapter 4 is learning and living the truth. Because believing a lie, I mean, that has devastating consequences, doesn't it? Uh, think about a strange example. Somebody has a psychotic break, and they believe they are Superman. They're believing a lie, right? Uh, they go to the top of the building, and they jump off. There's very real-world consequences to that. But so often we believe lies and we don't even think about the consequences that they have in our everyday life. Here's some lies that people believe. I'm not worthy of being loved. I'm not loved by my heavenly father. I don't measure up. I can't. I don't deserve to be forgiven. I can't forgive him or her. I don't matter. I can do life on my own. I don't need community. I don't need other people. No one cares about me. I'll never change. There is no hope for my situation. If I could just get more stuff, then I'd be happy. This life is all that there is. Those are all lies that people can believe, and that list just goes on and on. But when you believe those lies and you live those lies, it's just devastating consequences. Ephesians 4.21 read like this. It said, Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, God's truth revealed in the person and character of Jesus and his life and his ministry and throughout Scripture. You and I, if we've made decisions to follow Jesus, our truth is founded in the new covenant in the life of Jesus. 
part of changing the way that you think is directly related to learning and living the truth, taking every thought captive and comparing it to the light of Jesus. So what do you do? What do you do with that stuff that doesn't line up with what Jesus has to say? What do you do with the lies that you tend to believe? What do you do when you've taken a thought captive and you know it's what the world has said, it's what you've always thought was right, and then all my words in front of Scripture, it just doesn't line up, it's not accurate. What do you do with that kind of stuff? Let's go into the very next verse, verse 22. Throw off, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. This is take it to the curb. This isn't put it in storage, not put it in your junk drawer, in your attic, or in your basement. This is that stuff that doesn't line up, the lies that you're believing. Just take it to the curb and throw it out. It needs to be gone. Think think about it like this. This might help out for some of us. Uh, Sometime you've made a decision uh, to embrace healthy eating patterns, right? What needs to happen to the items in your pantry and refrigerator and freezer that don't line up with your healthy eating patterns? What do you have to do with it? Yeah, it's painful. I mean, that does not seem like good stewardship, right? But and that's, we'll believe a lie. It can stay there. The kids will eat it. Somebody will come over and enjoy it. I won't touch it because I've committed to my new healthy eating patterns. We don't have that much self-discipline, do we? Back in November, uh, our small group had a little bit of a joke going about Oreos, and one of our small group members brought packets of double-stuffed Oreos for everyone. And I was excited because I do know this. Oreos in my house is like magic. They just disappear, and I'm just, by the way, I'm the one that's guilty of that. Nothing like Oreos dunking in a nice, icy, cold glass of milk. You know, but I just know that if they're in my home, they're going to be eaten. And it's the same way with this stuff, these lies that we believe that don't line up with Jesus and his teachings throughout Scripture. They're just junk. They need to be taken to the curb. Speaking about health, I remember when I was like at my healthiest and uh, I was doing all these great things and I was reading different magazines and it was a men's health magazine. I'm not sure which one it was, but I would always find such good stuff and there are new ideas in there. But then Denise was looking at it and there were some of the pictures and there were some of the articles and she's like, I don't feel comfortable with this. Now it was doing some good stuff for me, right? But there was also some bad stuff there. What did I have to do with my, my magazine subscription? I had to throw it out. I had to get rid of it. And so that's one of those other keys, one of those other anchors to spiritual development, to character formation happening in me. It's throwing out, it's casting off. And how do we often do that? How do you figure these things out? Often it's just spending time with God and saying, God, examine my life. Holy Spirit, just flood my life. Just show me, are there some things in my life? Are there some lies that I'm believing? Are there some things in my life that just are, are just so out of alignment with who you have called me to be? Are there some things that I'm doing or believing or whatever that I just need to kick to the curb? I need to throw them out. What needs to go? Some of us, we already know the answers to that question, don't we? 
Others of us just spending some time in Scripture and just holding it up like a mirror. You know, God loves to reveal those things in us when we're open and we're honest with him and we just ask those questions, what doesn't line up? What needs to go? Do we all have things like that? Can we admit that? Are we all perfect people? I mean, sometimes when those things hit you, like you're blindsided by them. Just last year, I was talking to a, a, another pastor, and he was really struggling uh, with forgiving other people. He was holding some grudges. And, and for me, that's never been an issue. It's been so easy to forgive people. But then I was doing this study, and I was reading this part of Scripture, and I realized that what I thought was a pure strength, man, there were some holes in that. Because one of the reasons why it was so easy for me to forgive other people, I mean, I don't like go over conversations in my brain. I don't hold that kind of junk. But there's an unhealthy part of that because I realize God revealed to me in a place, it's because I simply don't care about those people anymore. In many ways, they become dead to me. And that's not a healthy thing at all either. And God revealed there was something he wanted to change in me that it if there's somebody who's created in his image that he cares about, I should be caring for them and praying for them for development, maturity, and growth. I shouldn't just be writing them off. And maybe there's some people in your life where you've just been writing them off. You've made them the enemy. You've totally forgot you know, that they were created in your heavenly Father's image, that he would love to do a great work in them or through them. And God says when you view somebody as the enemy, you begin to treat them like an enemy. But when you view someone who has been created and loved by their heavenly father, you, you treat them likewise. There's some things that just need to change in our life, and we just can't breeze by character development. Whenever we think this doesn't really matter, this doesn't really count, Man, or spiritual growth just comes to an end. Transformational work of God stops in our life. Sin takes hold. It weighs us down and stunts our spiritual growth. Holds us back from becoming all who God would love and desires us to be. Two weeks ago, I told you the story of back in December, we were in Florida and we got a boat stuck on a sandbar. And I left you there. So what do we do? What do we do when we're on the sandbar? I know what to do. Jumped off the boat. It'll be easy to push this boat off the sandbar. It wouldn't budge. It made no sense. Jesse, son-in-law, come on down. Jesse jumped off the boat. Still couldn't move the boat. Okay, my nephew, Gabe, Gabe, come on. So now there's three of us in the water trying to push a boat off a sandbar. This should be so incredibly easy, but it felt like it was barely budging. I walked around the boat trying to figure out what was going on. And I realized I had never asked my brother-in-law to raise the engine. And that very small propeller piece, you know, it was a percentage of the boat, that was thoroughly stuck in the sand and it was acting like an anchor, something so small that was holding us back. It kept us from being able to move in any healthy direction. And when you and I encounter things that just need to be cast off, that need to be taken to the curb, 
we just ignore them or we justify them or we minimalize them. We excuse them in ourselves or we excuse them in others. Man, those things are just weighing us down. It might seem so small, but it's like an anchor that's holding you back from becoming all who your heavenly Father would love and desire you to be. If you're just willing to partner with the Holy Spirit, if you're willing to let it go, if you're willing to cast off. Hebrews 12 says it like this. So therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off, strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Building character, some things have to go. If you don't deal with them, you'll never reach your full potential in Christ. Temptation is what? Temptation for you and I, the trap that we all so often fall into, the lie that we so often believe, is I can handle this myself. This thing that needs cast off, this thing that needs thrown out, this thing that needs stripped off, kicked to the curb, I can handle it myself, my sin, my shortcoming. And then we keep it to ourselves. And then so often, don't we just find ourselves rinsing and repeating the same thing again and again and again? But God wants us to bring it into the light. And here's the painful part, right? Bringing something into the light almost often involves other people. A trusted friend, a mentor, a confidant, someone or some ones that you can be real and open and honest and authentic with. And that's another key. Another key that we see to building character. You need authentic community. You can't do it on your own. Come on, you've proved that. We've all been there, done that, tried that thinking. We can handle it ourselves, but it just keeps coming back. We need authentic community in our lives. There's some things that we're never going to be able to change if we just keep it to ourselves. We need some good people in our life to support us, to help us to move forward, people that we can be real and authentic and true with place where you can talk about those deficits and those shortcomings, even those sins in your life. A safe place where you can be honest and real and vulnerable. Well, it's football season, so, so let's use a football analogy. You're the quarterback. You have the ball. You want to move the ball forward. There are these huge, hulking masses that want to crumble you and push you into the ground. If you think you can do it on your own, you're just going to be smashed and pulverized again and again and again to the point where you probably never get back up. You need some people around you who can create that safe bubble, that safe zone, give you time to scope out the field, to plan your next move, a way to be able to move forward. You simply can't do it by yourself. You need community. You need authenticity. Let's go back to Ephesians 4. 
We read it like this. So stop. Just stop. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth. We were all parts of the same body. I mean, for some of us, this is where character development comes to a full stop. We just don't move forward from here. We waste an enormous amount of energy saying that we're great, we're fine, everything's okay. Come on, just walk around the hallways here at Crossroads. And this is okay, by the way, but let's have fun with this. Just ask people how they are, right? What's people gonna, how are you going to respond? How are you doing today? I'm fine, I'm good, everything's great, right? And in that context, right, it's just like a hallway passing. We get it. It's really not usually the place to like break down in tears and talk about all the hard stuff of your life. But you need a place like that. You need a place where you can be real. When somebody asks you and, you know, you want to lie and say you're fine, uh, they can call you out. Come on, we, we know the mental health stats in this country. If you ask four people how they're doing and they all say that they are fine, somebody's lying, right? We are not all fine. We need help. We need support. We need encouragement. We need people to build us up. We need community where we can be authentic and real and vulnerable. We need places where it's safe to own our junk and our shortcomings and our sins and our faults and our failures. Do you have a place where you can be real? Do you have those places where you can be authentic? Do you have those trusted confidants and friends or mentors where you don't got to hold it back? Where you can let it all out and somebody can encourage you and hold you accountable. So what's our fear? What is our, come on, it's a fear if you're just being honest. What's our fear that keeps us from authentic community? But what will they think about me? You might not verbalize it, but we are sometimes so image obsessed about what other people think about us, what the world thinks about us. And we shortchange and forget about what God thinks about us. Come on, you know this is true. It's, it's our Pennsylvania Dutch nature for some of us. We just got to pull it all together. We can take care of ourselves. Well, I couldn't allow them to think that about me, or I couldn't be real and honest with them about what's going on in my life. This desire that to make ourselves look good that actually can keep us from becoming more and more good, isn't it? We all need a place to be authentic and real and vulnerable. If you want a group of people like that, there's some things that you need to know. There's some non-negotiables. If you want to get to that level of depth and intimacy with some people in your life, and confidentiality is key. In those kind of settings, you can never minimize someone else's pain. In those kind of settings, don't do what some of us are naturally inclined to do. Don't try to fix the other person. You're just partnering with the Holy Spirit and the work that he wants to do in their life. You need to focus on your own growth, not just be consumed about the growth of other people. And here's the tough one, right? 
authenticity starts with me. Authenticity starts with you. Somebody has to start. If you've never been in a circle of people or with a couple people and you've been able to open up and share, somebody has to start that level of conversation and depth and reality. I know it's not easy. I know it doesn't come naturally to most of us. But hasn't it been taught and modeled throughout Scripture? How often do we find a, a story in the Bible where somebody just gets a pass, gets to say, I'm fine, fine, everything's fine. David, how are you doing? I'm fine, fine, everything's fine. Let's not talk about the affair, the cover-up, the murder. Let's, I'm fine, fine, fine. Peter, how are you doing? Oh, part of my history is not denying Christ three times. We're not going to talk about that. I'm fine, fine, everything's fine. Martha, how are you doing? I'm so good. We're not going to talk about Mary annoying the snot out of me just sitting at the feet of Jesus while I'm doing all the work. Please, I'm fine. It's all good. I don't need to be real with anybody. I don't need to be called out in all my junk. It's just me. I'll handle it. I'm fine. And it's a lie that we believe and live, and it has huge, devastating consequences in our spiritual life and often bleeding over into our relationships as well. What does that look like for you? Where's your place? Who's your person or persons? Where can you be real? Where can you be authentic? Where can you be vulnerable? Let me give you one other piece. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. This is how we can be with one another. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. When you deal honestly with yourself and your sin, you no longer live in condemnation and guilt. You don't look down on others who are real and authentic with their junk. You live in the land of forgiveness and kindness, forgiving those around you and What's even tougher for some of us, forgiving ourselves, treating others with kindness, being kind to ourselves. You don't hide the past, but you certainly don't live in the past. Your past doesn't define you. Your character is defined by how you have dealt with your past and moved forward into your future with Christ Jesus. I want you to think about it like this. Let's take and think about just one shortcoming, one fault, one sin. You can do this with whatever you want to in your own time. I'll pick one. Let's take the sin of gossip. You know someone who has been a gossip. Uh, you might refer he or she is such a gossip or you see it in action. It just really seems to define a huge chunk of who they are. But they've never admitted it. They've never owned it. They've never dealt with it. It is not part of their past. It is part of their present and likely a part of their future because they're never willing to admit it or do anything about it. When you think about that person, their legacy is they were lacking character. 
There was a character flaw in their life, and they were never willing to deal with it. It actually defines a huge part of who they were. Take the exact same person, exact same scenario, but they were willing to be called out on it. Somebody in their life spoke truth and love, or man, scripture was held to them like a mirror, and man, they could so blatantly see it in themselves. And they owned it. Man, they had some other people in their life that they could be real and vulnerable with. They had some people that could hold them accountable that whenever they were slipping back into that sin of gossip, they were going to be called out. But man, they dealt with it and it wasn't easy. But they partnered with the Holy Spirit and God loves to do a reconciling, a restoration, a transforming work in our life. And that happens. And, and their future, man, they move on into such a healthier way of life. Now, it's part of their past. They don't have to hide it. They can actually talk openly about it. They're past, but it doesn't define them. It doesn't limit them. And now when you think about that person and you think about their legacy, man, there's this level of respect. There's this level of admiration because they were willing to own their junk, be open about it, but they were willing to deal with it and allow God to transform their life. It's a little bit of what character development looks like in you and in me. There's some key things that need to happen in our lives, but boy, is that the kind of spiritual growth and development and that God and Jesus would love to do in you and love to do in me as we partner with him. If you want to respond to today's message, there's a way on your connection card. It just reads like this. Pray for me as I take this step in building character. And that's going to look different for all of us, but there's a step that most of us need to take. And then maybe for you, you realize, you know what? I don't have any safe people. Doug's asking me, who's my few or who's my group? And like no names can I be real and vulnerable with. Maybe you're looking to get involved in a group. Take that first step. All groups are a little bit different. We'd love to sign you up and get you partnered with a group, a place where you can be real, authentic, and vulnerable, where people can love and care on you. Let's pray. Father, this whole idea of building character is is something that you love to do in us. You, You love to transform us from the inside out so that we better reflect Jesus to a hurting and broken world around us that we can step into that role of being Christ ambassadors into a land that often feels alien and foreign to us. But for all of us, there are steps that we can take. And as you transform the way that we think, as we allow our lives to be defined by your truth, as we push the lies away and the sins away, and, and we are just willing to cast those things off, kick them to the curb, For some of us, it's taking that step where we just need to be someplace where we can be real and vulnerable. We've kept it inside for so long. And man, it is just weighing us down. It is slowing us down. And we just need to take that step of being real and vulnerable, honest with some incredibly safe people in our life. But through it all, will you work this process to grow us, to mature us, May you be found faithful again and again like you always are. Our lives are yours. We give them to you. 
Transform us from the inside out. Holy Spirit, just reveal to us some things you'd love to be doing in us and through us. And allow us to step out in faith and make those changes. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening. Any step you take towards Jesus is a step in the right direction. You can find out more about us at crbic.org. That's crbic.org. Thank you.